today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. Here's what we're kicking around this week. A judge says a local healthcare co-op can deny coverage of autism treatments. Madison may soon be home to a pro women's soccer team, but what's their pitch? And my baloney has a first name, N-O. Joining me this week are CityCast Madison's Bianca Martin and Molly Stentz. It's Friday, May 19th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, where we are on the shoot, so we can bring you all the news that is fine as cream gravy. Our posse this week includes Ace High host Bianca Martin. Howdy, Bianca. Howdy. And the sheriff of this here podcast, it's Molly Stentz. Hello, Molly. Yeehaw. Ooh, a fun week in the news. And we start off with something not so fun, right, Molly? (laughs) What a segue. Yeah, so there was this story in the State Journal that caught my eye this week by David Wahlberg. I want to talk about healthcare. So Group Health Cooperative, who I was a member of for many years, local uh, healthcare provider and a co-op owned by its members, chartered to serve its members. This is an important point. So they were sued by a local family for denying treatment to a kid with autism. And this week they just won. So there was this class action lawsuit filed in federal court by parents of a teenager, a local teenager. uh, Their daughter was 13 at the time. They filed a lawsuit because she had been diagnosed as being on the spectrum, but she was denied treatment for speech and occupational therapy. And the parents were like, why? Why? We need this. Um, They write kind of heartbreakingly in the lawsuit that, you know, she turned 13. This is the time of her life where, you know, friends are really important and like socialization is key. And she was having a really hard time communicating and relating to her peers she was becoming prone to outbursts and self-harm. And so they really, the parents were really wanting more treatment to try to help their daughter. I think the mom worked for the school district and, you know, they had GHC, they paid their premiums and GHC was like, nah, state law requires us to pay for treatment till the kid's 10. After that, they say that speech therapy is not evidence-based for children with autism that are over age 10. And they say that occupational therapy is considered experimental for autism. So they were like, nah, just not going to pay it. So parents took them to court. That's not okay. I think they did actually end up paying some after the lawsuit was filed. They were seeking occupational therapy a couple times a week and a speech and language pathology uh, therapist, you know, once a week. But That costs, you know, tens of thousands of dollars over the course of a kid's life. So, yeah, this was just kind of a heartbreaking case and a little bit surprising because I feel like we've all heard these stories about, like, HMOs behaving badly and people kind of fighting medical establishment. And maybe it's unwarranted, but I guess I kind of have this feeling that 
maybe co-ops would be different or at least more inclined to be more member focused. But at the end of the day, they are in the healthcare business. So GHC won this federal lawsuit, meaning they don't have to cover yeah. this therapy that the parents wanted. Right. Judge Crocker, federal judge. Basically, I mean, I read through his um, his opinion and it was just like, eh, you guys are arguing a bunch of stuff and doesn't apply. I mean, the, the case got pretty technical about discovery and all kinds of things. The lawyers were basically like, let us talk to the executives at GHC and we want to hear why. Like, we want the reason. And the judge is like, basically, like, Meh. they have to tell you the reason, but they don't have to give you an explanation of the reason. You know, they just have to tell you why they denied it. But they don't have to, like, prove to you that it's a good reason. So, yeah, kind of a technicality there. But, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of sad. It's sad on multiple levels. Like, you're you're <laughs> sad because there's often there's so much discrimination against people with disabilities in the healthcare system. Um, and autism specifically is one of these conditions that it's can be hard to prove or point out or sort of illustrate or demonstrate the need. So it's it's discriminated against so much and it's so misunderstood. So I don't know the the details of this case, but it's sad. <laughs> To hear that, you know, when we're thinking about the like mental health crisis that's facing teenagers, the fact that there's a drop off at age 10 and you're completely right about that time about needing to connect with friends. And I think there's such a narrow view of healthcare. Isn't the issue here that the speech therapy, occupational therapy, that they're not evidence based? Uh, I mean, isn't that why GHC won this lawsuit? So it seems like that's the problem. Well, and, you know, the interesting thing I feel like about autism is that the science is evolving. We've learned so much. So, you know, I've got a, a, a niece and a nephew that are autistic. And I think back to when my niece was young, what the thinking was then, you know, like 10, 20 years ago versus what it is now, it's changed a lot. And so a lot of times things are considered experimental just because there haven't been a, a, a long enough period of time to have studied it and documented it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong necessarily, right? Because how do we ever get change in this country? How do we ever get advancement scientific discovery if not somebody with a hypothesis that then has to do research and try it out? But do all those people suffer until we have, you know, 50 years worth of studies, 30 years worth of studies to prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt? That's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of families. Yeah, it seems like it was also preventative. Yeah, and it was tens of thousands of dollars, not like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it wasn't like super cutting edge, you know, cancer treatment. I mean, woof. Anyway, there's your uh, not fun news of the week. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's take a little break. Take a second to recalibrate ourselves. But thanks for bringing that up, Molly. Important news and the healthcare front. Let's take a quick break just to hear from Bianca. So in other big news this week, it's so exciting. Everyone is thrilled. Mayor Rhodes Conway helped uh, proudly announce that Madison in 2025 will soon be home to a professional women's soccer team based out of the historic Bree Stevens Field uh, in the 10-lap, 10 10-lap 10 neighborhood. 
You guys heard about this, right? People love soccer. For some reason, the clock goes up and ties are good. But anyway, we have a very successful Division Three professional men's soccer league, you know, the Flamingos. And they certainly have done a good job of creating a fan base and people are really into it. So I get it. But um, uh, man, I guess I got to be this guy, but... <laughs> You are that guy. This isn't a done deal yet. And why isn't it a done deal? Because this new soccer league, uh, Women's Professional Soccer League, they want to be in Madison. But, you know, Madison, they got to pony up a little bit first. So soccer is action-packed. Okay. It's, you know, none of this, like, football stopping the clock every 10 seconds where a game draws out for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> it's not your tennis or golf. Like, soccer is... It's exciting, right? Like, people are doing things. They're running around. Yeah, 1-0. Yeah. So exciting. I love yeah. it. Well, we don't need to put down tennis, but... <laughs> I'm just saying. However, <laughs> it is so exciting. Yeah, I mean, like, we've seen... We've been around Bree Stevens. Like, it is it is popping. It is happening. It is bringing the fire. Uh, I, I agree with you. Okay, so here, the story of Bree Stevens, too. This is a historic old stadium in about... 15 years ago, like 2007-ish, uh, you know, the city owns it and they made a lot of improvements to it, which was kind of long overdue. And since then, because of um, big top events, that's who owns the Ford FC, that the men's soccer team. They also own the Mallards. They also put on concerts and other events at Bree Stevens. You know, they have entered what seems like a very good partnership with the city, but, you know, the city owns these facilities and... This soccer, this new women's soccer league would be our our tenant, right? I think it's all fine and dandy, but how much? Because they're here's what it requires for to get this women's soccer team. They have to. Uh, here's what Vern Stedman, he's he well known around town, owner of the Mallards and and Ford soccer team, and would presumably own this new women's soccer team. The the facility is not up to standards where we could host a tier one women's professional soccer team here. We need to look at the long-term viability of the facility from a business perspective to make sure that we are competing at the top level so that we will create a business that is competitive. Well, that's going to require some some work for, and tax dollars to, to make Breeze Stevens um, up to standards. And that includes new turf. They also are going to need a, a women's locker room. That sort of makes sense. And they're also going to need like um, some other upgrades and just pointing out, you know, city's already invested about six million in this place. I like your forward thinking there. It's it sort of makes sense for a separate women's room, you know, whether that's relevant. I was just wondering, are we involved in this? Are we invited in this combo? Go go okay, go right ahead. I'm just trying to give people details here while you you talk about how fun soccer is to watch. Such a hater. Hater indeed. I mean, it, you're 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 not so excited about soccer, and you're trying to say that we are the people who are going to foot the bill. Part of it, a big part. How much? How much are we talking? I'd like to know how much it is. We don't know how much it is at the moment. Okay, but it's like new grass and some lockers. Like we're not. Well, that's talking like a million. About... Last time they put new grass in, it cost over a million bucks in the city. Are you kidding me? No. For grant for sod. Yes, that was installed in 2015. They need better artificial turf. So that it's probably gone up to like 4 million. Don't you want little little girls of and all of all these people to like look up and be like I'm going to oh, There there it is. There it is. If I don't like this that I'm against little girls. Ooh, that was spice. No, I, I don't think you're against little girls. I was about to say you're against their dreams. Oh! 
<laughs> You're a wonderful person, and you are a dream killer on this. All right. One. Well, I'm just saying. I think the city. And I'm going to keep of, saying because you, you just t- spoke over me. Because uh, <laughs> I uh, have to point out that the U.S. women's put a put a price tag on it. How much is it worth? Well, here's what it's worth. The U.S. women's national soccer team is like they are worldwide like hero champions. They've won the FIFA World Cup four times. They've won the Olympics four times. We could have our women in the Olympics in the World Cup. I just feel like that would garner a lot of money. Money does, right? I don't know. Preach. Maybe a lot of money, but I, you know, we don't get a cut of the profits. We just are the landlords of their stadium. So I'm just saying. Wait a minute, sales tax. Hello, sales tax. I mean, they sell concessions. They sell merch. They sell tickets. Come on, that's revenue for the city. Okay, well, so thirty million. That's that. That'd be that. The city should invest thirty million in it. I don't know. I'm just saying. What's your limit? No, I hear you. I mean, it, Lord knows the Brewer Stadium was a whole kerfuffle. And I just don't know whether this is quite that level of public subsidy. I don't think it is either. And it really isn't. So don't let me overstate it. But just saying, nice to know the price tag, what we're getting into. This is also a brand new league. It's competing with the premier national women's league soccer. It hasn't even started yet. Madison would miss out on the inaugural year. So this is a brand new venture. What if it's cheap? I mean, because this is a pro-level team. So we're talking like something you know, that could be on the level with the Brewers and the Packers. Okay, we'll take the Brewers. It's kind of like the Major League Baseball had a rival. Who was better than them? Well, this league doesn't exist yet. It's kind of like the XFL. Uh, and But you know what? This is how things evolve. Um, premier leagues, um, you know, come and go. And soccer is an emerging sport. So this new league might eclipse the... Soccer is an emerging sport? In the United States? You're what? What rock did you come from under... Football. Have you ever been to Warner Park on a weekend? That's minor league baseball. Have you ever seen the soccer games played there? We're an international city. People love soccer. All right. Well, I want to know how much it costs, and I'm sticking to it. So thank you for allowing me to speak frankly. And speaking of frankly... (laughs) Barely allowed it. (laughs) Yeah, we've got some changes, y'all. Speaking of Franks, uh, you, you know the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Well, apparently, the company Oscar Mayer isn't so sold on that idea as they are making a big change for a very old dog. They are renaming their 87 year old hot dog and bun vehicle, the Wienermobile, to the Frank Mobile. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, because they want to promote their brand's 100% beef franks. They just don't want to say wiener. Is that what it is? That's what I'm wondering. It's like wienermobile. It's like, okay, but also are, is frank so much better? I was wondering, is it like a gender thing? Right? I had that thought too. Frank... <laughs> I mean, hey, I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> I wish I was an Oscar Mayer Frank Mobile. <laughs> I wish I was an Oscar Mayer Frank Mobile. If they wanted attention, they got it, but they should, come on. Let's be frank. This was unnecessary. I mean, it's bizarre. And I, I feel like I've seen them a bunch recently, the Wiener, the Wiener Mobiles. Me too. And I feel like that's weird, right? Because if I, every time I see them on the highway, I'm just like, rub it in a little bit since you left us with your dog ass factory, you know, like your big seven floor hot dog factory that's sitting there rusting and you picked up and left town and you're just going to drive your little wiener mobile and just rub it in our face. 
Okay, thanks, Oscar Mayer. They aren't over us. <laughs> I don't know. I just look at that thing all the time and I just think, what is going to happen to this thing? I mean, I know the city's trying and I know they're working on it. People are working on it. But still, like, there's no denying that you drive down Packers Ave and you look at that big thing and you're just like, what is this industrial wasteland? Yeah, it's scar tissue. And we have to have it rubbed in. <laughs> Maybe it's good that they're, I mean, they're trying to promote 100% beef. I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I mean, I actually, I do know, Molly, you don't eat meat at all. But I ain't be eating no hot dogs in a long time unless I know they're pretty good or it's a very unique situation. And I think processed meats are kind of, it's its no secret that they're pretty bad for you. I am 100% in agreement with you. <laughs> the American Institute for Cancer Research has recommended that people eat little as possible processed meats because it just, it is, it has been identified as a carcinogen. 100. We're talking about a name change, right? But I, I am curious, like if they're trying to, <laughs> trying to rebrand to be like, hey, we're, we're healthier now. Who wants that on their resume? I drove the Frank Mobile. Like nobody's even going to know what that is. That's a coveted position to drive at one point. The Wiener Mobile is a coveted position. The cachet is all different. It won't even be recognizable. I don't know. Maybe this is a good thing. I'm not sure. Uh, Bianca's turncoat. Is anything sacred anymore? Molly, when you said Frank Mobile, I was like, actually, it sounds fine. <laughs> I'm a defector. Are they going to change the song? I mean, come on. I think they might. They might have a new jingle. I was thinking about how like Kmart went down in flames and was like re reading about that because uh, they changed. They were like a discount store and then they kept trying to change things. Man, I loved Kmart. Blue light special. Wow. Like there's a whole generation of people who probably don't even know Kmart's. <laughs> the one by my house when I was growing up, man, it was just like it was just a tornado went through that thing. It was feral. <laughs> I loved it. It just made me think of Jumanji and there's a scene where like someone breaks into a grocery store, um, but I just pictured the Wienermobile <laughs> like driving through a Kmart. <laughs> Things are chaotic. We, we, I don't know. So we've got two votes for the Wienermobile and one vote for both. That's my, that's my fatal flaw. <laughs> I know. I'm like, go Packers Bears. <laughs> you just outed yourself as a Bears fan? I'm not, but then I start to feel bad for them because- they're typically losing so bad. You're like my mom. She just always <laughs> wanted to vote for the underdog. Always. She was like, yeah, yeah. Michael Dukakis, sure, he's going to lose. I'll vote for that guy. Just the pity vote. Well, I won't take it that far. My voting <laughs> patterns don't follow that code. <laughs> Oscar Meyer, this is just the latest of grievances that the city of Madison has against you. That's what I think. I think that's fair. Added to the list. <laughs> yeah. What happened to being a, uh, an economic engine for the city? Then John Kerry's wife bought it up and ruined mm. it. Spice. This is a brat town. It's a freaking brat town, and this is solidified. This is a brat town. That's why it's like, okay, this is news of the past. You know, we're it's time to move on. Yeah, no, I t I say we banish any such mobiles <laughs> in this city. <laughs> Frank mobiles, get the out. Get out of here <laughs> until you make good on your factory and turn it into something cool. Like a freaking skate park. I like that caveat. Like a disco roller rink. <gasps> we'll take anything at this point. Roller coasters. Mini Dells. Till you fix that place, we're not supporting any mobile of any sort, regardless of name, Oscar Mayer. But this has been fun. Thank you for the bold stances taken today. Molly, have a good weekend. Yahoo.
Bianca, fun as always. Yes, go bold or go home. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. Music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a soccer hooligan about us? This podcast is a keeper. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon.